Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. What's up, everybody? I'm Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. Today's guest is Dee Murphy. If you don't know Dee, he is the co-founder of Young and Reckless, the giant, huge apparel brand that you've seen at PacSun and other big mall retailers. He is also a serial entrepreneur and investor. He's the CEO of 5-4 Group. And under that, there's a bunch of businesses. I, I know that Menlo Club is one of the big ones. It's one of these, like, subscription menswear box kind of products also grand ac and a bunch of other ventures he's also an investor so basically what i'm trying to tell you is this guy has about 20 years of experience in the game in terms of running a business in a world that is not necessarily part of music but adjacent to music the whole like lifestyle apparel kind of world so I was really excited to sit down with him because he's also the co-host of maybe my favorite podcast called Group Chat, where they talk about news in business and current events and pop culture and kind of break it down for the kind of people that would listen to this show. So I've been super inspired by what he's done. I was really excited to get a chance to sit down and talk with him about not only how they do their podcast, but why they do it. So I think a lot of people have the idea of like, I want to start a podcast, but they don't really have a clear vision of where they want to go with it. So we talk about how this podcast actually helps their business, talk about some of the challenges that they've run into in terms of marketing in their business, like rising costs on Facebook and Instagram and how the podcast helped them solve that. Lots of other fun stuff. You may have seen this on my second channel a couple months ago, but not a lot of people saw that. So I wanted to republish it here because this is an interview that definitely needs to be heard. I also want to thank my producer and editor, Deanna Chapman. Without her, we could not do the show. So if you want some help getting your podcast off the ground or growing a podcast that you already have, give her a shout, Deanna Chapman. A link to her website is in the show notes for this. And yeah, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? I'm Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA. And today I'm sitting down with Dee Murphy. So I will let you introduce yourself because you'll do a better job than I will. But basically, Dee is one of the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, Group Chat. Uh, you are the CEO of 5.4 and probably some other stuff that I'm not aware of. So do you want to just introduce yourself to anybody watching who isn't familiar? Yeah, so uh, I am a serial entrepreneur in the fashion space. Uh, my main business is called the 5.4 Group. And underneath it, we have a bunch of different brands. The main business is a subscription concept called Love Club and uh, a bunch of brands underneath that. I'm also 
co-founder of Young and Reckless, which we also operate, which is a streetwear brand. And most recently, we've launched a bunch of other kind of street luxury brands, but all in the fashion space. And then uh, obviously co-host of the podcast group chat. And then the last five years, we've also passively been investing in a bunch of startups under the name Queensbridge Venture Partners. And you've had a couple decent exits there recently. Right? Yeah, we had uh, we were very early in Lyft. So they just recently went public. Um, Ring and PillPack and Dropbox. And so we're, we have been fortunate to have like this incredible portfolio. A lot of them have a long way to go still, but you know, we've had some success. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So basically what I wanted to do on this podcast is first introduce you. And then second, because you have so much experience in all the stuff you just mentioned, help, you know, give some tactical hands-on advice to anybody watching that wants to either start a podcast yep. or a business or any of the stuff that you've done. So I think you do such a great job of breaking that stuff down on the show. I guess the first question I have is why do the podcast at all? Well, I guess, first of all, if you could just maybe give the elevator pitch for the format of the podcast, like who's on it, what do you guys talk about? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it even a step further, like why and, and how we got here is, you know, we've had this brand 5.4 for 17 years. Uh, we morphed it into a subscription concept in 2012. Uh, the business took off in 2014. And a lot of it was because Instagram and Facebook ads were really inexpensive then. So we rode the wave that many brands did, scaled our business to a size we never thought it could be. And then one day the cost to acquire a customer got very, very expensive. And so we start scrambling. We start advertising on television. We start advertising on podcasts. Me- meaning for anybody who's watching, meaning... You used to be able to spend $20 or something to get a purchase. And then overnight, it started being $50 or $60. And now it's not profitable anymore, right? Yeah, it, it went up four times on our, on average on Facebook and Instagram for us. Uh, and we, we were spending over a million dollars a month. So to reallocate that money into another channel is really, really tough. You, we, we were able to, but not at those spend levels mm-hmm. efficiently. So we sat there and so I started cutting spend and we're like, you know what? We're not going to grow anymore. Let's just figure this out. Every month, cut, cut, cut. Six months go by. I had not figured one thing out on what to do. Finally, I had this like revelation at the end of 2017 was imagine if I had spent all this money on making myself famous. (laughs) And it's like crazy, but like I would become, if I had spent $10 million on my personal brand, I would be Gary V meets the entire cast of Shark Tank, right? Like they don't, yeah. they, they haven't spent that much money. Yeah. Well, I know Gary's got like 20 people working. Yeah, for sure. He's, yeah. he's now like this machine, but like I could have been early on it. First of all, second, I could have allocated the time and money mm-hmm. in doing that. That's when I was like, all right, how do I get myself famous? And, and so I, how does that circle back to helping the business? Because ultimately I was going to be the face of the brand, which I had never been before. Because I felt I was going to connect with customers better than anyone else I could ever pay to do so. So we've worked with A-list celebrities. Like our biggest fans of our brands are people like Mark Wahlberg and Chris Paul and all these incredible people. But they're just wearing the brand because they like the product or they like us. But they're not actively selling it to people, right? That's not their job. And so the idea of just throwing it on somebody famous and hoping people buy it doesn't work anymore. So we were like, you actually have to connect with your customer. It's why so many of these newer brands have been successful because the founder is connected with an audience and those people support that brand because of that. 
So I was like, I'm no one knows who I am. I've always been just in the back, quietly operating the business because that's how I was raised mm-hmm. in the business world. Just shut up and work and you'll be successful. And then one day the whole world changed and we weren't evolving and I wasn't a public facing figure for our business. And so I was like, how do I do that? How do I actually get out and be the face of our business? I say famous because it's just easy to explain. That's the idea. The real idea is to connect with people. Build relationships with people at scale. At scale. And then effectively convert them into customers. And I didn't know how to do that. So I was like, let me give it a try to a bunch of things. So we launched a podcast in November of 2017 called Group Chat. Me and my business partner, Young and Reckless Drama, that First episode got 50 downloads. The second episode got 10. Group chat did? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it started that slowly. It started very slow. Wow. And so it took us months before we got any traction. You guys are doing great now, though, right? I don't know if you share any numbers publicly, but... It, we you, don't, but... Um, you keep saying everyone's a new record, which... Yeah, and, and we've grown for the last year, every single month, at like a 10, 15% clip. Okay. We have like a ton of people looking to advertise on it. We have not formerly done an advertising deal with anybody, but we signed on with uh, William Morris to work on a television show now and uh, uh, be a part of a large podcast network. So we are monetizing it today. So so the goal for the show at the end of the day was to build your businesses. Yes. Was it specifically for 5.4 or Young and Reckless also? or or? The idea was we need to all build our personal brands and the result of that will be an impact on our businesses. Because at the end of the day, when I was talking to people who worked on Gary V's campaign, I know Gary very long time. And then I know guys that are just the best social media marketers. And I just point blank ask them, this is my budget. Should I build myself up or the brand? I will not be hurt by whatever answer you give me. Nobody told me to spend money on the brand. Everyone told me to spend money on yourself. And these people have all known me and can say anything to me. And when they all said that, and they're like, look, you're getting better at this. You're connecting with people. You're doing something very unique that other people are not doing. Go ahead and do it. And part of my my story was, we did the podcast. The podcast started connecting with people. But I think where I've ha- found success is that I'm taking content that's super accessible to everyone and very scalable. But I'm also uh, blending it with in-person stuff mm-hmm. that... I don't think many people can replicate. So like, what are some of the in-person things you're doing? So every Saturday in LA, I host a run club in West Hollywood uh, called the Grand AC Run Club. It's named after our activewear brand. We meet at Alfred's Coffee in Melrose, which is a very famous coffee shop. We've been doing that for nearly two years. We run marathons together. We've all ran around the country. I have a run challenge. So this month um, I'm going to uh, San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, New York, all these different Nashville, and I'm meeting people. I'm meeting group chat listeners. I'm meeting Menlo Club customers. I mean, I, I'm here because I listen to group chat. Yeah, and know? so so it's like, why not connect with people the real way instead of me sitting in a meeting with like a marketing agency that's not going to sell me anything that I'm that understands what I'm doing? I figured I'm going to go meet everybody. So the Run Club is one thing. I do meetups after all the Run Clubs where. I don't like the word networking. I don't like, let's go grab a drink. I don't like those things. I personally wouldn't go to those things. So why not do wrap it around something I really enjoy, which is running. And I think after a run is the equivalent of having a few drinks where totally. everyone is, it's funny watching the beginning of a run, how everyone's kind of like, hey, what's up? Good morning. And by the end of the run, everyone's like bouncing off the wall, 
all kind of in an incredible spirits and they're sharing information. What do you do? They're running. When you run with someone and you're talking, you just, I don't know, it breaks the ice down. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of young people struggle with connecting with people in person. And this is creating that community that I think is so irreplaceable with digital content. Like it's why I believe that like the physical interaction is separating me from what I'm trying to ultimately accomplish is because one, it's a lot of work, as you know, like running every Saturday meetups, wherever I go, if I'm traveling anywhere, I say, I'm here. Anyone want to come have a coffee, have a drink or whatever. And that coupled with the content is building a really powerful following. I think what's going to happen with this, that's going to really unlock it is two years from now, the next hype brand is going to be people that met at one of your run clubs. Yes. And now the whole like story is like complete. Yeah. It's funny you say that I was telling the guy, Luke, who runs a run club. I was like, there's going to be a tipping point where one day a business is going to start out of the run club and explode. And there's going to be a thousand people at this run club. And ironically enough, last week, two guys I met at the run club, this is the first business that launched in the run club. They launched a CBD electrolyte drink. And so they came to the run club, very gave it 2019. to us. Yeah, very 2019. And they came and they wanted to give it to the run club people first. We're all going to help push it. It's like a community thing. We want them to win. There's other, there's like three other businesses that are being started because of the run club, such a tight knit community. What's funny is, is I built this incredible brand in business and fashion. The podcast is getting bigger, hopefully get a television show. And then the run club, which is quantifiably the smallest thing I've, I'm a part of, I think will be the biggest thing I'll ever do in my life. Well, those like in-person human interactions are always, I mean, that's like DNA in our DNA. Is yeah. that that's always going to be the most powerful thing. Exactly. And they are scalable because yeah. each of those people is, you know, a, whatever they call it, a micro, micro influencer yeah. for you. And they're going to love you. If you hung out with them for an hour yeah. chatting afterwards, they're going to love you forever. Exactly. And I think that's, that's what it's about. If the whole full circle, why I did all of this is, Ultimately, obviously, I want to sell more product, but I don't believe you can do that unless you connect with people. Because I remember and a lot of these ideas came from politics. And I remember watching this years ago in the 90s. Bill Clinton is running for president. He's kind of an unknown. No, people don't really know who he is, what he stands for. And CNN interviews this lady, an elderly lady. And they're like, oh, who are you voting for? And she goes, Bill Clinton. They're like, why? And he goes, because I met him. <laughs> right. I was like, really? Right. And that's for whatever reason that stuck with me all yeah. my life. And I was like, shit, I could just go meet everybody. Yeah. And it's not inconceivable to meet hundreds of thousands of people. You just have to put the effort yeah. and time into doing it. Prioritize it. Yeah. You know, I treat it like work. I have to meet people. It's part of my routine. Like I have to connect with interesting, different new people at all stages of life. Well, let me ask you the tough question. Yes. Uh, it's not that tough, but I am interested. Yeah. So you guys talked on the show, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago about Kylie Jenner. Basically, you said, why does she have a TV show? She's crushing it on YouTube. Like what, what, how will it even help her to be on TV? Uh, so I guess I would ask the same thing for you. If you guys are talking about doing a TV show, yeah. what's in it for you that you couldn't do on your own? So for us, our profile, we're well known to people that follow us. But for mainstream purposes, we're still a, a microcosm of like where we think we could be. We've, we've grown substantially, but, and I think the thing about television, what it does, and, and this includes streaming platforms, cause we're speaking with those folks as well is about how do you connect? Cause TV just validates you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I, I don't like that 
even if you're not getting more viewers on TV than you would on YouTube, yes. it validates you. Yeah, because in, in, in people's minds, and I use the example of, I've been fortunate, I have some most crazy famous friends, and my parents will be, be like, oh, I was hanging out with so-and-so, and they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. One day I had posted a picture with Damon John. He's a, a friend of mine I'm known forever from Shark Tank. And my mom and dad were super impressed. They're like, wow, you know right. Damon John? And it struck me and he was like, Damon John and the cast of Shark Tank are the most famous investors in America. And that's because they're on television. The company I worked at before, we did something with him and with Mark Cuban. And we did stuff with lots and lots of other really accomplished Silicon Valley people and stuff yeah. like that. And when I would 
you know, be giving the elevator pitch for the company. I noticed every single time when I mentioned Mark Cuban, that's the one that made people go, oh, wow, really? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, we also had the co-founder of Airbnb on, but I guess you don't care about that. No, and, and that's the reality is that television gives people comfort that it's real. Right. Which is sad, but it's the truth. And so that's why we think we need that platform because once you've established yourself there, then you don't, I don't think you need to be there anymore, mm-hmm. but it, it just gives you a stamp of approval. Like it's you kind s- of like trade shows in a way. Yeah. Like once mm-hmm. you've done the trade show once, maybe you don't need to do it again next year. Necessarily. Once you've got that check mark, they're like, Oh, that guy's legit. Mm-hmm. Then it's easy just to move on and you could take that audience with you wherever you go. So the most impressive thing to me that you guys have done with the podcast, aside from scaling it, like I said, is that you've gotten, you know, streetwear hype beast kids to pay attention to things like the details, the deal points on venture deals and stuff like that. Yeah. Acquisition costs, all these like really nitty gritty operational details that are incredibly important to business, but they're also kind of dry. Yeah. And you guys have gotten people to care about that. I mean, I hear when you have these meetups, people come up to you and go, my acquisition costs are through the roof. What do I do? Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) How do you approach that? Was that like a a conscious effort? Did it just happen? Like, talk to me about that. I think the way, the best way to explain that is, yes, we run a business. I grew up a math nerd. I also like rap music. I also like to have fun. I like to drink. I like, I like everything that everyone else likes Mm -hmm. too. And when I was coming up in the industry, when I would ask questions, I was always intimidated because on the other side was someone that was intimidating me with the way they spoke and the way they delivered information. Mm -hmm. Even in school, you felt that way. And as a person now that has a wealth of knowledge that I can share with everybody, why not make it a little more digestible? You can cuss and talk however you want and quote rap songs and still deliver the same exact message about something Mm -hmm. that's like, tactical or useful in someone's you know business life and i think breaking down those walls is so important because i remember coming up everything was intimidating to me going to a store was intimidating to me going to school was intimidating to me and i'm just now that i have a child i'm just seeing like how my son is like fearless i wasn't fearless yeah i was fearful my mom would make me like talk to the waiter at the restaurant, like, okay, tell them we want a table for three. Yeah. You know, and I but was But I think like, that's important. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and now I realize why she did that. Yeah. Because and I'm I, not afraid of that sort of thing. Yeah. And I had to do that for myself, really. Because for my parents, most important is education. The rest didn't matter. But now as an adult, education sure is important, but there's so many other skill sets that you need to acquire. And so through the podcast, we're kind of informing you of all the things that you should know about your life. It's like someone asked me the other day, like, should I go to this MBA program? And I'm like, can you afford it? Like, that's my first question. He's like, no. Then I'm like, then just listen to group chat. Right. I'll give you everything, all the tools, the basic business tools you need. You'll get from the podcast. And then if you need to like download a course on something because you don't understand it, go do that and spend a few hundred dollars on that. But I, I can't, you know, with comfort level, put you in a financial situation that I don't know if you're going to get out of right, right. anytime in the near future. So along that same kind of note, I feel like there's kind of this emerging segment of content coming up, which I would say is like you guys, um, Mikey Taylor and Eric's thing. Uh, I talked to Randall Pitch from uh, LitFit yesterday, yeah. Jeff Staple, like this, basically this segment of content that's like business 
for our people. Yeah. And it's actually credible shit. Like you yeah. guys actually know what you're doing. And it, it, I used to feel like I would read Entrepreneur Magazine and stuff when I was a kid. And I saw these guys talking about a dry cleaning business. And I still thought it was interesting. Yeah. But I used to have to choose between credible content and something that was relatable to me. Yeah. And I feel like that's no longer the case. And that's yeah. kind of, I think, what you're talking about. Yeah, I think the, the opportunity is is there's all these new generation of successful people that came up very non-traditional ways and now they're sharing their stories. That's going to inspire so many more people that are younger. Because, I mean, when I grew up, I'm Indian, doctor, engineer. <laughs> like, there was nothing else. There were We were never told. Could run a hotel. Yeah, I mean, uh, the sect of India I'm from, we're not the hotel part of India. So it's my parents were literally like doctors or engineer and like, there was no other option. You went to college and you had to go to good college. You had to get good grades. And there was only one path to having a successful life in our parents' eyes. And then all of a sudden, like technology comes around, entrepreneurship's all coming. Even that was still a very risky thought. Today, like you can do whatever the hell you want, which is amazing. But you need to be exposed to those things. I think it's like a duty for everyone that has, has like some level of success to share their story. Because that's like that's like giving back to me. That's better than money. Like giving people your information is so powerful because that's what's going to inspire like a whole new slew of amazing new things that are going to come online. And what you guys have figured out is how to make people listen to that information, which is the hard part. Because yeah. oftentimes what people want to learn and what they need to learn are two different things. Yeah. And that's why I like so like what I admire the most about what you guys do. Thank you. And I think I think at the end of the day, we have fun mm-hmm. doing it. I think that's so important. And, and it shows because otherwise the content would be dry and just feel like a job. We truly enjoy doing it. The other thing is, is we're truly interested and passionate about what we're talking about. Those articles and stuff we talk about on the podcast, I've been reading that stuff my entire life. Mm-hmm. That's like what geeks me out on life yeah. is those types of things. So it's now I get to share those opinions with people and they actually care that's even more powerful. So I think it's like the real test is like finding something you're passionate about and then share it with people. The other thing you guys have pulled off. So like the, the concept for a podcast that everyone says they want to do is I'm going to get me and a couple of my friends and talk about shit. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that is the worst possible. That place is crowded. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is a terrible idea, but you guys did it. And I kind of thought that you hit the ground running there because you guys already had a following, you know, drama is pretty famous yeah and sounds like that's not the case so what is it that really flipped the switch for you and for anybody who's listening that wants to start a podcast like what advice would you have to grow because growing a podcast is actually harder than growing youtube or a lot of other things i think because there's no real discovery mechanism so discovering a podcast is horrendous sharing podcasts is very difficult so much friction getting someone to download the podcast but like you said you know i told i was telling you when i made this shift of like i want to be famous I kind of identified all the different platforms where I could that could happen. So podcasts, YouTube, Instagram. And I met with a bunch of friends of mine who are huge YouTubers, millions of subscribers. And I was like, all right, guys, give me a secret. I need to know. I'm like, I need to fast forward this shit in like six months. They're like consistency. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, you just got to do it. Same time, be very consistent so that people can rely on you for that piece of content. So that was the first advice I got. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to be consistent. I was consistent on the podcast. I was consistent on YouTube. I was consistent on Instagram. And the podcast was the one 
that really took off. And I, I, I think like sitting around talking with a bunch of friends doesn't work when it's not from an interesting perspective. And where we won is we are entrepreneurs. We are in fashion. We have a ton of brands. We have a ton of experience. Um, our personal relationships are incredible with people. So we get information that like news channels would never get. And then being investors, we get to see every company. So we have a very unique perspective. Most people in our position wouldn't share information. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, well, you guys get to do that. I don't. But I say, what I say to that is there's something that you have a unique perspective and experience on that other people don't. And that's why we encourage everyone to launch podcasts and blogs because everyone to me is interesting. There's even people that come to Run Club and they're like, they're like an 18 year old kid and quiet sitting in the corner. And then one day I'm like, Hey, what's your story? Like, tell me on the run. And I'm like, Whoa, you did all that. And you're 18. Yeah. And then, so to me, everyone has this magical story to tell or magical perspective, but most people want to do the route of like, you know, the easy, the, the less friction route, Mm -hmm. which is just like, Oh, I want to interview people or I want to, you know, but then the trick with the problem with interviews is they're not, really following you yeah i mean maybe some small portion of them are, yes. but they're 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 tuning in to hear the guest not yeah. you yeah exactly it's like opening for a huge artist nobody gives a fuck who's opening for j cole no exactly you know, and like, I, get off the stage exactly and i think that's the challenge with with how you develop content is you gotta be pretty strategic about it you have to see can they get this anywhere else are you providing some insight that mm-hmm. they can't get anywhere mm-hmm. else and the answer is Everyone has a unique perspective. You just need to focus on that. Once you build your following, you can go anywhere with it, but you got to build a following. And it's usually in a niche. Mm -hmm. Like you got to be focused. You can't just be so wide where it's like, I'm just going to talk about everything. Oh, we've been fortunate. We literally talk about anything. You're pretty focused though. I mean, you talk about business in the sort of realm of things that would be relevant to someone in their twenties. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty focused. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think even when we think about like the wide variety of topics we talk about, there's ways to hone in on even more focused thing and launch your own podcast just yeah. based on that. Um, so I think there's just a lot of opportunity out there for content creators to create stuff that like is very uniquely theirs for my channel the thing i originally started i wanted to talk about business to begin yeah. with because that's actually the thing i'm most interested in yeah but people didn't really give a shit what yeah. i said <laughs> and then i was like well okay and i've written about music and stuff before so i kind of knew people would pay attention to that it's like well i guess i'll talk about music yeah and that totally worked and i was like why is that and i said well it's because it's exactly what you said. I have a lot of relationships and inside knowledge and like other people might speculate about why this album sounds that way. And I'll go, well, I know the guy who recorded it. I'll tell you why it sounds that way. Yeah. You know, I can, I can have that point of view because I have that knowledge in the same way that you can have that point of view. Go, well, I'll tell you why the company did that. Cause yeah. my friend runs it. Yeah. Here's what he told me. Yeah. And you know, I was telling her yesterday, I was like, dude, I want to go watch some more like trucker YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I'm fascinated by the life of like a long haul trucker. Yeah. And they might think that's the most boring thing in the world, but it's fascinating to me because I don't know it. Exactly. And no matter who you are, you have something. It could be just like talking about your dad. Yeah. You know, like you could have a YouTube channel called My Dad the Truck Driver. And it would work. It would be awesome. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is that people, most people who consume content think you have to be, it has to be super sexy, mm-hmm. over the top. And it's the most simple things that, where people are uh, unapologetic themselves, really authentic. And those are all words that are very 
overused, but it's very hard for people to do that. Like just talk about what you're comfortable with and what you know, which may not be what you want to be. Exactly. And that's, and that's okay. But the whole goal should be, if this is a passion, then create something, create a following, and then you can expand it once you have it. It's like what I've been able to do now, I have a small following that I'll have all these other interests in life and I'm just taking them with me. I got all these people start running because mm-hmm. I didn't want to run alone. So now I have thousands of people that will run with me or I like music. So I put out a song. It's just like those types of things. That's actually a good point is that running is now a part of your personal brand and it wasn't a year ago no. or whenever you started, you know? Yeah. And that, it seems totally natural that it is now. Yeah. And when I go to meetings, they're like, oh, did you run here? Like, yeah. it's just, that's like the opening icebreaker right. conversation I have in my business life is like, what did you run here? Like, that means that they're, they are uh, affiliating me with running, which is amazing because I've been running for eight, nine years now. And it's an important thing about my life, but because I'm sharing mm-hmm. my running journey and to me talking about running, showing, and I'm not even fast. So it's like, yeah, you know, that's another good point. You don't have to be the best or the biggest or yes. any of that stuff. I joke around and I always tell shoe brands, I'm the most famous runner in America. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, does anyone know who won the LA Marathon, New York Marathon, right. Boston Marathon? <laughs> Nobody knows. They're just going to say, yeah, some Kenyan guy won. Yeah. But you don't know anyone that runs. Right. If you ask random people that follow me, like, who inspires you to run? I'm like, they're going to say me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's more, that's influence. Not just, that's the beauty of today's world. You just have to be the person they affiliate with you when they think of something. Mm-hmm. Then you've made it, in my opinion. Kind of last thing I wanted to touch on, um, because it's an important thing to me, is challenging your own beliefs. And that's what I think you guys do a great, I listen to a ton of podcasts, mm-hmm. like pretty much exclusively business content podcasts. And most of the time I roll my eyes at them, even though yeah. they're smart, they yeah. get it. But what you guys do that's so different from anybody else is you make a conscious effort to like step back and challenge your own assumptions and beliefs. You have a very specific point of view, which yeah. everybody does, of course. but I think you guys do a good job of going, wait a minute, are we full of shit? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how and why you guys do that? I think when I have friends with, a variety of different opinions on topics, a variety of different backgrounds, income levels, and people view the world in very different ways. I've been fortunate. I've traveled around the world. I've traveled around the country. I've met like, like a politician would. I felt like I've been on that journey for a very long time. And so when I say something, yes, that's my perspective, my point of view, but I understand the other one. And I understand why something works or something didn't work. I understand why someone voted for someone and they didn't. And I don't think media today is doing people justice by only sharing one point of view on any topic. And whether it's business, whether it's music, whether it's um, everything on the Internet is very extreme. Everything on television is very extreme. And that's not normal. People are not like that. They're totally not. They're, <laughs> everyone's in the middle and on everything. Yeah. And so... We just need to be better as a society to diff- like I'm exposed enough to information where I can't be totally brainwashed into one thing or another because I know that they're be- they're trying to manipulate me. Right, right. You know, whether it's a brand, a song, a news channel, I know understand what you're trying to do. So I need to step back and be like, whoa, am I getting Did just- I just take the bait? Yeah. And there's times obviously I do yeah. it all the time. But I at least am able to make a decision for myself and I don't need to make the popular decision. And tell I'm, the audience, I might be full of shit. Yeah. So take what I just said with a grain of salt. Exactly. So few people are willing to do. Yeah. And then, and I think that's the biggest uh, lesson I've learned from content creation 
is that if you're not willing to be a vulnerable and be wrong and show your losses, you're not real. Because mm-hmm. even the people that are big on social media today, I'm like, you were married with kids. Where is your family? Like yeah. I, when I go and do all the shit I'm doing, I, it's not easy. Cause I have a wife that says, why the hell are you running <laughs> in the middle of freaking Chicago changing diapers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I have to like go back to that. And I share those stories of like how difficult that is. And I think that's important. And so sharing multiple perspectives and being really authentic and real is the only way you can truly connect with people. Cause people otherwise are like, that's a superhero. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's why know, Superman's not that popular. Yeah. Cause he's invulnerable. Yeah. It's like, dude, get out of here with your flying, yeah. you, the way you look, right. it's not possible. <laughs> the eight pack and laser beam eyes. Yeah. And that's why like I purposely show when I'm hungover, my hair's messed up, my face is bloated and I'm running, but I'm like, I'm doing it at least. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's more relatable from a, from a health perspective. That's more people woke, waking up hungover. <laughs> Our run club, everyone smells like alcohol when I show up <laughs> in the morning, but at least you came. Yeah. You're trying to help yourself. And I think it's important that like people see other successful people actually, oh, wait, now I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and run 400 miles, do 50 push-ups, right. meditate. No, I just roll out of bed, put my kids, uh, change his diaper, give him milk. And if I have 30 minutes to run, I'll run. If not, I'll just go to work. That's reality. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for making time for this. I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate yeah. it. They can follow you at D Murthy, D-E-E-M-U-R-T-H-Y, at Group Chat Pod for the podcast. Yes. Anything else they should check out? Yeah. And then I do another podcast called Detour, which are 10, 15-minute episodes about, you know, really focused, tactical type of information. Cool. Well, thanks again. And go give D a listen and get your learn on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.